Hello and welcome to another edition of the Casual and the Diehards. Not quite the full crew here. I had a Christmas party later tonight, so Aramis couldn't quite make it, but he will be back with us. Hopefully, I, I, I'm thinking maybe we'll try to do one more of these before the or around the new year. Um, we'll see, though, because it's a busy time of year. Uh, joining me today, Ethan Pierce, Audrey Nations, all from across the country. Here we are, folks, Christmas time. What are we doing for Christmas presents this year? Like, what's your closing this year? What's what's the best present that you uh, that you that you got? for someone this year let's 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 start with Audrey. uh i've got a double whammy because it's sports related and nba related but i got uh my fiance tori and i uh fourth row tickets to a next game at madison square garden when we were there over thanksgiving so that's my my christmas gift for the both of us oh nice i've never was never been to cool. msg but uh, it was it was great because we had the most new york guy of all time behind us every single time the knicks missed a shot it was oh my god fuck this team trade everybody start over shit we're broke we're out of luck and then every time they make a shot it's oh my god dante Divincenzo. i'd let him kiss my mother on the mouth he's the best in the whole world <laughs> my my favorite one was at some dante point Julie... Divincenzo does fucking roll that is true it's true that call that boy communion call that boy communion the way he's the cracker with the juice but um <laughs> He at some point Julius Randle fucking hucked up a three and mid mid air as the shot is in the air this guy goes I'm gonna fucking kill myself dude and then it, the shot hits and he's like oh my god best thing ever. so it was wonderful and then they came back it was the 21 point comeback against the Heat for the in season tournament so that's that was a pretty cool game to be at nice Ethan? nice I I wish I had something that cool most of my gifts are a little more humble than that but uh i got my annual piece of niners merch for my father we're getting him like a banner for the wall because this is the year that they're gonna win the super bowl so you, you gotta get something you know you've already but won so, the coping bowl so congrats on that yes i know i win that every year it's it's easy <laughs> well that's good our presence though will be a, a great nba slate on on christmas which i really wanted to get this podcast up for because you know you can say you know yeah the name of the show is the casual and the diehards this is when the casuals tune in this is when people who who have been watching football all year and you know focusing on other things start paying attention to the nba right around this time and let me tell you something the the nfl games i you know i appreciate laughing at patrick mahomes and watching a partially broken chiefs offense maybe sort of struggle against the Raiders, but I'd honestly rather watch Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I'm going to be watching a lot of uh, basketball. So many good games, Bucks, Knicks, Warriors, Nuggets, Celtics, Lakers, Sixers, Heat, Mavs, Suns. It feels like if you had to put together a list of the top 10 NBA players, basically all of them are playing on Christmas this year. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty nice to see. Let me start with Audrey. Mavs Suns. I want to start there. Where are you at with the Suns? We didn't really talk much about them our last episode, but they they haven't really. I thought that they might kind of turn things around, but they, they have not really. Uh and and things got markedly worse over the past week, it seems. Um 
they they've gone kind of from having an interesting style of basketball at the beginning of the year while they were moving the ball well things were kind of rotating for the offense to now it's become that kind of classic suns like all right every time down the floor is just like Devin Booker like posting guys down in the paint and like trying to go for the Kobe shots and then like missing them off the backboard most of the time and then Kitty, like the numbers haven't quite been there over the past two weeks. How are we feeling about the Suns going into this Christmas matchup with the Mavs, who still can't defend and are slightly bad, but almost came back against the Clippers and have been playing pretty well over the last few weeks? Well, I think that's a really nice setup. Uh, I, I don't think the Suns are as bad as it may seem. I think... The offense is definitely stagnant, and you're absolutely right. It's very frustrating. I mean, as a Spurs fan, first and foremost, compared to them, the Suns' offense looks like fucking, like, triangle bulls nonsense. But, like, it's... um, I, I think it's it's better than it seems. I think the team is still kind of gelling and coalescing together. You have to remember that KD came in pretty late in the rotation last year and with injuries didn't play a whole bunch. That being said, uh, it's very tough. Uh, to to solidify an offense when your your third big three all star has legs, ankles, and knees made of glass. Uh, Bradley Beal very unfortunate that he just I mean he came down on somebody's ankle. It happens, but anybody could have told you coming into this year that Bradley Beal is a perennially injured, and I still am not one hundred percent sure it was the right move to go for him in the first place. I think they might have shook it up a little too much. That being said, I think this team absolutely gels together and figures it out. They've got some good bench pieces. They've had some really nice performance in the depth, and with how deep these rotations are that Frank Vogel is putting into the game, you can tell that they're still trying to figure out what the rotation is going to look like moving forward. And I think as we get closer to playoff time, uh, they they start to seal it up a little bit, as long as as KD and Book can stay healthy, because I don't think Bradley Beal will in any meaningful way. Ethan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Phoenix is just that they're like, they've been pretty inconsistent lately, and the Beal injury doesn't help with that. Um, it's just been some weird losses lately. Um, that Portland game was very strange the other night. Uh, I believe they've lost seven of the last ten games, so it's been kind of rough for them lately. It, it seems like they're kind of doing the same thing that Brooklyn had done a couple years ago, where it was like, oh, we're finally going to get to see the big three okay, we got one game and now one of them's hurt again. Okay, now we're going to finally get get them all together for another – oh, wait, okay, one of them's hurt. So with, with Bradley Beal being out for another little while, they just kind of need some time to, to really get everybody on the court and see what this thing looks like. Uh, but as of right now, we just haven't really seen it. So it's tough to make a good determination. Um, they're hanging in there. They're right in the thick of the playoff race in the West. It's a long season. Uh, we'll kind of see where they end up. Um, if eventually Bradley Beal can make his return um, and finally get some consistent games under his belt before one of the other three guys goes down. So there you go. Yeah. Bradley Beal's injury is certainly not ideal, but long time left in the season. No reason to panic just yet. They are they are kind of hovering or, around a, a play-in spot right now. I just think they're an interesting team to keep track of because there is obviously a ton of potential for them to make a really deep run at some point, but they they haven't had a ton of time 
all together to get things figured out yet i feel like is is um is part of the issue sixers heat i'm interested to see how this one plays out the heat have had some kind of crazy wins over the past uh few weeks and they're moving up the standings slightly it feels like they're starting to kind of hit uh a little bit of a stride but but, but the thing i want to talk about here is um I know we talk about it a, a lot and it's really early, but like hard for me not to think that Joel Embiid's not going to win another MVP this year because like the numbers he's putting up are legitimately crazy. Like he, he puts up basically like 38 points a game at this point and, and then occasionally sprinkles in like a 58 point game. I'm, Giannis has had a really good year as well, but Joel Embiid, it's every night. It is literally every night that he puts up these monster numbers. And I was thinking about this as I was picking up my um my my Chick-fil-A drink on the way home today. Um and I was I was wondering, where do we put I know he, he doesn't have titles or anything, so it's hard to talk about legacy, but just kind of all time, just purely skilled centers. Where where does Joel Embiid rank? Because he it's got to be pretty high up there with with he and Jokic playing playing at this at about at, at this uh you know here at the same at the same point in time. If you say any number higher than five, Jack's gonna call an airstrike on your house. So be careful. Okay, so no uh, higher than five. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think he's he's pretty legitimately great. I also think he is, if you're actually watching basketball and you're watching his games, incredibly frustrating to watch because he flops his way to the line probably 25 fucking times a game. I'm sure it's not that many. In fact, I just looked it up and it's a little more than 10, but oh my God, he is so much of that point total is subsidized by free throws and so many of those free throws are coming in just the most ridiculous, theatric, like there is like NBA fans love to say this on Twitter, but there is a market difference between how guys like Giannis and guys like Joel Embiid get to their free throw line, and Embiid it seems like over and over and over again is just flailing and throwing himself around and getting to the line in a way that makes it extremely frustrating to watch as a as a basketball fan. So I don't know if it's the most watchable basketball, but to your point, it's winning them games. It's gonna keep working. It's gonna keep fouling out other players and making them like move their rotations faster. So like. I don't know if it's like I, I I can't fault the man for it. I think if you can get those free throws, get them. But like it's just as a as a fan of the sport, it's incredibly frustrating to watch from time to time. Here's the other thing with Philly too is that they've been on this big run and Embiid's putting up these huge stats, but it's mostly been against really terrible teams. Their schedule has been unbelievably soft for the last few weeks. It's been like. Wizards, Wizards, Hornets, Pistons, Pistons, like the bottom feeding teams in the Eastern Conference that he's putting up 50 bombs against. And like a 50 bomb is a 50 bomb, right? Regardless of if it's on 25 free throws against the worst team in the league. Unless it's, it's the good Pistons. Stats. Uh, yeah, I, sure, anybody, yeah, the Pistons yeah. anybody can beat the Pistons. No, nobody wants to be the first team to lose to them. Luckily, the Jazz escaped by the skin of their teeth last night. But uh, the streak does extend. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, just for Philly, it's like, Audrey's totally right. The free throw thing is really annoying. It's frustrating. Embiid's obviously great. I think we just can't really have the all-time discussion about him until he gets out of the second round of the playoffs. 
uh, because we saw his peer, Nikola Jokic, the other best center in the NBA, win the NBA title last year. Embiid has not come close to that. Um, could this be the year for the Sixers? Maybe. Uh, we'll see. Tyrese Maxey emerging as a star is certainly a boon for them, and it looks like they have a more cohesive rotation under Nick Nurse. So we'll kind of see what they do in the playoffs, but I don't think you can really put him in the same breath as Jokic until he at least makes it to like the finals or potentially wins one. So that's why. And, that and to your point, like I mean, the uh, the Sixers' last several wins are Hornets, Pistons, Pistons, Wizards, Hawk, Wizards, and then they lose to the Celtics and Pelicans, who are a real team. They beat the Lakers without LeBron or AD, I think, and then they beat the Thunder. And then you lose to the Timberwolves and the Cavs. Like they, they, they're only beating. And then again, here you go, Pistons, and then Wizards again, and then Raptors again, and then Blazers again. Like it's, it's. It, are they going to dry up a little bit when they get into a harder schedule in the second half? I believe I, that I think you're muted, Ethan. Your turn to talk, Eric Jensen. Oh, got it. I was throwing uh, I was throwing it back to you. Oh, well, that was terrible podcasting by me. What what a what an absolute joke there. I I want to see him play some some better teams as well. I think it's fair to say that they've had a soft schedule. This is a nice little test. Any other uh big Christmas Day games that we're we're super interested in? Ethan, how we how are you feeling about Warriors Nuggets? They got that big win against the Celtics. See if yep. they can keep some momentum going here, maybe. I mean, that's exactly my thought. We'll we'll see. Uh, Denver, obviously, a very tough opponent. We got to go on the road for them. Um, no Draymond, so you know, nobody to guard let, Jokic down there. <laughs> they're gonna let Draymond come to the game and let him watch on the sidelines, but they like wrap him up in like a straight jacket <laughs> and like a face mask, like Hannibal. Yeah. Lecter. No, I saw a tweet today that says, uh, what's stopping Draymond from buying uh, tickets right next to the Wizards bench tonight? <laughs> there we <laughs> Just go. Next to Jordan Poole. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be without Draymond. Uh, GP2 looks like he's getting close to coming back, so at least we could have him potentially pretty soon. Um, but, yeah, the Warriors have the momentum now. They've won three in a row. A big, big win against the Celtics. That's a huge momentum-shifting uh, potential win there. I would just like to see them put together a string of consistent basketball. Um, there is still some optimism with this team. They're really deep. Um, looks like Clay has finally started to hit his stride. Wiggins had a couple of nice games recently. Um, so if eventually Draymond can figure his life out and get him out of anger management, then we can get the full roster back together and see if they can make a run. Um, it's not too late. Season just started. You know, they're only like one game out of the playoffs right now. So um, I don't know. I'm a little more optimistic now after that Boston win. But again, got to see them do it a little more consistently before we can really start to talk about them as a title contender. It'll be interesting to see if they can put things together. I, I do believe that your analysis is spot on, Ethan. It's just been the, the story of the past two years, I think, with the Warriors that you have told me and that I have seen from watching a fair amount of them because you like them so much is that they are wildly inconsistent and they just, uh, they, what what made them really special during that dynastic run was they kind of put out the same performance every night, night in and night out, and were able to carry things through for uh, a full NBA season. And now it feels like they get hot for stretches and they get cold for stretches and it'll be interested to see if they can uh, maintain some momentum here as they fight 
for really a playoff spot at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with, with Golden State is that, like, with the consistency thing, we saw them do it for about 20 games in the season that they won the title two years ago. Now at the very start of the season, they started 18 and two. And then the rest of the year, it was pretty close to 500 ball, but that was good enough to get the three seed. And they played at a championship level with Steph Curry, putting them on his back for the entirety of that postseason run. So I think the formula has to be similar where they do enough to get through the regular season with a good enough seed to get into a decent matchup in the playoffs and just hope that you get peak Steph for a couple of months that can carry them to an NBA title. He's clearly one of those rare players that is in that tier capable of carrying a subpar roster to a a championship. Um, Is the league weak enough for him to be able to do that? That's where I have my doubts. I think there's a lot of good teams in the West um, and Steph is only getting older. So he's going to have to put on a superhuman performance and hope that you get like two or three other guys stepping up and playing at a near all-star level when it gets to the playoffs uh, because other than that, they just don't have any chance. It's all fun and games until Scott Foster shows up in game seven to fuck you over. You wait. I can't you got wait. CP3 on your team. It's like it's like whatever the well, opposite he, he is of the immunity idol. <laughs> oh, yeah? You he's think not, he's gone for I, I think they're going to trade him. I, I think the opportunity will be too good to pass up. You can't let a 39-year-old expiring contract go off the books. I, I think they're going to flip him. I mean... Shit, send him to San Antonio. We need a point guard. Sure. Send him right <laughs> we'll into take the sunset. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. No, do it. don't take Mike Kel- Take Take Jeremy Sohan. He's great. Trust me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, uh, Celtics Lakers. I uh, just want to ask both of you. We're here at Christmas. Where are we at on the Lakers as as just like an entity? Like where, where, like, where do they exist? Like, it feels like they started really, really well. But now you look at the standings and – they're kind of fighting to be a bubble team again. And, uh, you know, they're probably a playoff team for sure, but, you know, what what are our realistic expectations at this point? Like, do do they have the dogs to actually matter in the end, or is this just another, another year where they're going to get, you know, blown out in the second round by the Nuggets? I... I think they're better than they have been. I really do. I don't know. It, they're, they're such a streaky team. But they somehow keep coming up with these like really good young guys. So like I don't know. I think another year development for Caruso, another year development for Ruby has been really good for them. And I think I don't know. I think they're gonna do more damage than they did last year. I want to say, but I I don't know. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to quantify with them. Some nights Anthony Davis looks like you know like Hakeem Olajuwon, and some nights he looks like Ennis Cantor. And I can't tell like what's like what flips them either way. But like. I don't know. It, they're they're so hard to get a pulse on. As far as like the Christmas game specifically goes, I want to say the Celtics win this, but also the Celtics kind of famously suck in the clutch, and LeBron loves shit like Christmas games. So who knows? You know, they're they're. I know this is a podcast about expressing our opinions, but it's hard to it's hard to nail an opinion on these guys. It seems like they they change every single week. Here's how the Lakers season is going to go. I'm going to tell you guys right now. They're going to play around 500 ball, maybe slightly above, be pretty good defensively for the next couple of months. Uh, They'll get desperate. The fans are going to scream. The ownership is going to want to do something. They're going to trade for Zach Levine and it's going to be mediocre basketball. They might do like a little like five game win streak and everyone be like, oh, here they come. And then it'll get to the playoffs and they won't have enough to keep up with some of the better teams in the West. And they'll lose probably a competitive series in the second round. 
that's how the Lakers season is going to go. Uh, they're going to make a panic trade. It's going to look a lot like the Russell Westbrook thing and um, not going to quite get them there. You don't think they're going to learn the lessons of, of making a shit ton of trades at the deadline? You don't think they're going to figure that out? The, you, you don't believe the Los Angeles Lakers are going to make a panic trade? I'm not saying I don't believe it. I was like, maybe, maybe Polina and Jeannie are like, you know, maybe, maybe they figure it out. Maybe, maybe they learn the lesson. I bet they're looking at the Dodgers signing Shohei and are like, shit, if only we could do that. Exactly. If only we didn't have a salary cap. Yeah, if only we weren't <laughs> limited by these bums. If we didn't play in the same salary cap as the Pistons. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Finally, uh, a little bit on Bucks knicks And this can tie into the Celtics as well. I'm pretty convinced that the Bucks are the team I see most realistically coming out of the East just the way they've played over the past few weeks. I mean, that, that Pistons game, that uh, Pacers game, I mean, was absolutely, one, an incredible basketball game. The Pacers played really, really well as well. And I just don't think I've, I, I, like, Giannis, the thing with Giannis is, like, some nights he doesn't really show up on the box score. And, they, you know, that's fine. But, like, when he shows up and, and he plays – really really well which he has shown he has a tendency to do the most in the playoffs I, I think that they are a really well balanced team and the fact they have Dame now I just I think last year was left such a bad taste in that organization's mouth and I think they've bounced back so well I think they have a few interesting depth pieces they could definitely use a little bit more they they could use to make a trade or two at the deadline to to shore up maybe get a few more three and D guys, but they they're a really good team, and I I I'm I'm interested to see how both Day and the Celtics play over the next few weeks because, like you guys said, the, the Sixers really haven't played anyone, and as much as I like them, and as much as I like Maxi and Embiid, it does feel like it it is kind of a two team race in the East, and I'm I'm just interested to see how it plays out, and I think. Both the Celtics and the Bucks have chances to make real statements on, on Christmas, but they are kind of the, the class of the conference. He's going to run Josh Hart 48 minutes and sweat him out till he dies. You're going to see Tibbs do some incredible cardio on these fools. Yeah. All right. We could talk about some of the other things here on the rundown, which uh, which was well put together. But uh, it is, it is, you could definitely tell uh, Audrey put together this rundown because we're talking about the Pistons and then we're talking about the Spurs and then we're talking I had about, a Timberwolf segment in here, but you made me take it out. And then we're talking about impending implosions. And then, oh, uh, God, my favorite part, off the court narratives, which is basically, let's just put together all the bad guys in the NBA and you shit on them. entertainment? For <laughs> what is this for? And shit on them for about an hour. I, I just, uh, I, I just, it, it's, it's funny. I would not have come up, but it's, it's all good. I want to start with the Spurs, bro. We didn't have you on last time. I, I think that, like, your points here are good. I think Greg Popovich should be fired, probably, because it, it is very clear that he's not really connecting with this roster. And all the reports are like Victor Wembanyama is already not happy that he's not winning. Like, what are you? Is he just gonna run another like generational player 
out of town. Like, uh, what are we okay. doing at this okay. point? This uh, okay. uh, and they're so boring okay. to watch. He doesn't use him properly. Uh, okay. Okay. should be getting okay. the ball all the time and putting up 30 points a night. And he's just not because they refuse to play that style of basketball because it's got to be team ball and boring and spurs. And it's not working because they keep losing and they're not making the playoffs. We know who's making the playoffs. It's not the San Antonio Spurs. Here we are. What like what? Why should I even Good care? Lord. Let's just get this guy to a real team. Let's get Victor Wembanyama to a real team. Okay, first of all, like first maybe of all, you should just trade him all, for Tyler Hero and get it over with. Give the first of all, other superstar and get him out. First of all, oh my God, how do you manage to take something that I agree with and staple like twenty pounds of what the hell to it? Okay, first of all. You're welcome that he didn't get drafted to the Pistons or the Rockets, which are the other two top three that he could have gotten drafted to. The Rockets would have been a title <laughs> contender with Victor Wembanyama. What are you talking about? The Rockets are good. Okay, hold on. So, first of all, Pop did not run Kawhi out of town. Kawhi ran Kawhi out of town. Second of all, you're absolutely right. He is misusing the shit out of Victor Wembanyama. And I don't think he should be fired outright as of now, but I do think he's burned through most of his goodwill at this point, which is an incredibly fast way to do so. I am very connected to the fan base in San Antonio. My parents live in San Antonio. They love that team. They have infinite patience for them and being bad. That being said, it's almost at a breaking point. It's so unbelievable how many clips a game you get of Jeremy Sohan or Devin Vassell or Kelton Johnson or whoever the hell running around, driving into the paint, looking the wrong way, and Victor Wembignana is standing in the paint, not getting looks. It is unbelievable. They've been trying this experiment for the first half of the season of not having a real point guard, which is baffling to me when you have a seven foot four center who can do everything on the court to not have a spacer. The offense looks terrible, and I don't think you watch any Spurs games because it's not because they're doing Spurs fundamental team basketball stuff. That is the past reason why they were boring and terrible to watch reason why they're boring and terrible to watch now is because they don't move the ball they don't have good rotations they don't run any plays it's just so hand dribbling the ball around for about 18 seconds and then making a terrible pass to a bad super deep seven Vassell three it's untenable it's unsustainable they've made some good moves and made some good progress they had been starting Wemby at the four for some reason and they moved him to the five and that moved them up about 15 spots in the defensive rankings victor's leading the league right now in rebounds uh, as far as not being happy goes, he's certainly not happy with not winning, but it's it, that was very misleadingly worded. He's not, it's not like he wants off the team bad. It's like he wants to be winning games because he's a 19-year-old basketball player bad. So I think there's a lot of movements to be made. I think these next two months will decide Pop's job. I think he's bought himself enough goodwill to get to the second half of the season. Spurs fans went into the season saying, okay, they're probably still going to be bad. We have to be patient. And then the Spurs won their first, I think, three games. And everyone got real excited. And then they started sucking ass. And now everybody's, like, kind of got a taste for that winning. And they want they want it back. I think if you don't see this turned around in some way by February, they might. I don't think they, I don't think they have, frankly, the guts as an organization to fire Pop outright after everything. I think you see them negotiate uh, behind the scenes. Hey, buddy, it's time to retire uh, conversation. But I, I think I honestly I, I'd even think they'd be willing to give him the season in general. I don't think Wemby's going to walk. I think it's it's going to be fine. 
Um, and also we have trade deadlines. They have a lot of first round picks. And even if you make it through this season, they have even more uh, top 10 guaranteed. So I think you can go swing that into an up and coming point guard. You can get a Jalen Brunson type guy to come in and ease a lot of the, the burden and get Wimby the fucking ball because it's not happening right now. I think they just extended Popovich, didn't they? They did, yeah. Like this past year for like five <laughs> like years, year. and ever yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's gonna retire soon," because he's like seventy-five fucking years old. But not nah, he's gonna apparently want to coach till he's ninety. I don't think they ever fire Popovich. He's franchise cornerstone, been around for a long time, won multiple titles. I think he's there until he wants to not be there anymore. Um, so that's just yeah. my take on that. And, 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 and you're probably guard, right. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, I don't think they, they would do that even no matter how bad of a season this gets. I, I, I can't yeah. see it really. As far as the point guard thing, like, I don't really know how much you can even blame this on Popovich. I guess it's like his fault for sticking with it when it's going badly. But like, part of it is just Sohan like not really seeing the lanes that they want him to see, um, which is fine. Like he's also a young player. You got to give him some leeway there, but at some point you have to start winning some games and start maximizing what Wimbanyama can do. And I thought it was funny the other night, there was a clip of him like showing them what it would be like if they passed to him where he like did, didn't get the ball, but went up and pretended to dunk it anyway. Right. Um, so, you know, he's missing like eight to 10 points a game just on lobs that are easy lobs that could be thrown. Um, I think that they will figure it out. It doesn't seem like it's like that hard of a concept, honestly. Um, so, you know, it, it might just be more Trey Jones minutes and we'll see if they can make a move at the deadline. We floated the Chris Paul thing, um, mostly as a joke, but honestly, I would not be shocked. I, I, I like, I, it's on the table. I think I'd be happy with it. I don't think Chris Paul would go for it. Cause I think he still wants to win a ring, but if he's, if he's finally given up on that notion, then it would be awesome to watch him come and, and fix the Spurs up a little bit and, and yeah. help pop teach them how to move the ball. Cause I agree. Like it can't all fall on pop, like beyond just sticking with these players in this rotation, but he's working with what he has at this point and they don't frankly have a lot to work with. Um, but yeah, these players are, it's, it's fundamental, wide open basketball stuff. Like it's just yeah, the simple fact of your center is running the lane on fast breaks and you look back and you've got these, these guys with their heads down, dribbling, looking for each other, like throw the ball to Victor Wimpen. Like, I think it's this, they started out with this as some 5d chess, like, okay, everybody's going to be game planning against Victor. So if we run the plays like to, to use Victor as a centerpiece, but not give him the ball, but then they forgot the part where they like most of the time should be giving him the ball. And it's just, it's so frustrating to watch. Like I've watched so much first basketball and I don't know why, I don't know why I do it to myself. It's so frustrating. Let's talk about the Pistons. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Because, you help me feel better because uh, they're, they're bad. Listen, here's, here's what I don't understand is like, they have good players. Like, Kid Cunningham is a good basketball player. Like he has shown that he, thing. like he can he can score at an NBA level. Like Jaden Ivey's been a pretty decent guard early in his career. Like they they have some decent players. They bought in a coach that was very highly regarded, and now they have the longest uh you know losing streak in NBA histories. And I mean to lose to the Jazz last night. Uh, is is just that like was, that was pretty that's like I mean sad. that 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 is tough because 
the Jazz were basically playing nobodies, like uh, absolute nobodies and and our European dudes that we like to like. You just lost yeah. Simone Fontecchio, like that's no. That's, they they uh, lost to the Salt Lake Stars, and it's it's pretty that, bad. Like you watched the light leave Kate yeah. Cunningham's eyes; it was pretty brutal. Yeah, so like I I don't know. You you have a bunch of questions here. Like what can I? I I for one think, um, just in my lifetime of watching the NBA. Um, the Pistons have not been good since before I was born. Like, if you look at it historically, like, the, the last time they, they mattered in the NBA was what, like, the 80s? Like, the- uh, they had they had the one title, what was it, like, 2004, I think, so 2003, when we were very young, Eric, but okay. um, it, it's been basically since then. What, um, okay, that they've been I, I guess here's my question. Why do we have a basketball team in Detroit? Like, that, that, I mean... What like I mean like ask that the just, fans too they they, they were chanting know. sell the team last night you hear it on the broadcast you know that they they, yeah. they want uh, I think it's Tom Goris is the name of the owner they, they want him gone um and honestly rightfully so it seems like they're not super committed to you know doing what it takes to field a competitive basketball team and and like to your point like I like a lot of the young players on this team like I don't think the roster is on paper all that horrible honestly. And it's weird to say that about a team that's lost 25 in a row, but like Cade Cunningham, I think is really good. Obviously number one pick for a reason. He's putting up numbers still. Um, You've got like even guys like Isaiah Stewart, who like has had bad moments, but I think overall can be a helpful player. Asar Thompson, really good rookie. Marcus Sasser, really good rookie. Jay Nivey, when Monty Williams decides to play him, he's been putting up numbers as well. Um, Jalen Duran, who's been hurt, but another good young guy, like, they have players. It's just not gelling right now. Like Audrey was kind of mentioning, a lot of it is probably a mental block where they've lost so many in a row. It just kind of feels feels tough, you know, to go out there and try to compete every night when you're losing to the worst teams in the league. Um, it, it's just a tough situation. And looking at their schedule, who knows when the win's going to come. It's the NBA. They'll probably get one at some point. Um, with they got two nets shooting. and the Celtics coming up. It's not looking so hot. And yeah. they play in Little Caesars Arena. Have we talked about the mental impacts of playing <laughs> in a building called Little Caesars Arena? Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Sponsor us, hate, Little Caesars. I hate Little yes. Caesars. I mean. Oh, come on. No, get the fuck out it. of here. It's great. I hate it. I, I, I had a bad experience one time. Ate too much. Got sick. But I... I, I I'll never be able to do it again. I can't do Little Caesars. Little Caesars is the goat for two reasons. One is the crazy bread. And number two is that fun fact that goes around the internet like twice a year about the the founder of Little Caesars paying Rosa Parks' rent for her entire life, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Nice guy. Let's talk about some bad guys and then let's get out of here. I I like to call this segment... uh, Audrey's list of bad guys. So, is it, uh, am I known for this? You're acting like this is something I do all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, you you just like to talk about the bad guys and and, yeah. and and you know you know talk about the bad guys. So let me just give everyone a brief rundown of the bad guys, and then uh, we'll we'll get uh, we'll get to it. John Morant. Okay, this guy this guy's a bad guy because he's a gun guy. Uh, he's he's also just a little bit temperamental. 
I do think of all the guys on this list, he is slightly redeemable. Like he could turn his life around if he really wanted to. Like, uh, like he, 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 it does feel like he's just a lost soul. Brandy, like bit. he shot somebody. Hold on. It, it, it does feel like nobody. Like he's just a lost soul a little bit. And like, there's like, some... I believe in rehabilitative justice. <laughs> but if this guy ever wants to get out of prison, he's really gonna have to chase some shit up. <laughs> Yeah, basically. So, you know, John Morant, gun guy. Anthony Edwards, um, you know, you know. End the video. Ir- irresponsible sex haver. Um, End the video. Send the video. One of the greatest memes of our time, really. Uh, End send the video. video. Send the video. Uh, you know, I saw a great one that was like, you know, they change it up. They change it up and it's like send a parlay and it's like it's beautiful it's like a really it's a it's a really nice name uh is yeah. there is there a deeper conversation to be had about safe sex and bodily autonomy and the pressures of of having sex and what it means to have a baby yes are we gonna have that conversation absolutely hell no absolutely not yeah no i have i have no interest in having that conversation i personally like anthony edwards this obviously hurts his brand and it's a tough look but Maybe he can turn it around as well. He's got some sick shoes coming out. Uh, then we have a wife beater, not a good guy. Miles Bridges don't really know uh, how he's uh, playing in the NBA. Probably the only yeah. actually bad guy on this entire list, to be completely clear. Like a it, certified well, scumbag well, well, criminal. The, the next guy as well, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah Dre. Yeah. But like, but like, look, I'll take like a hundred guys punching like other NBA players hold over on, one on. guy. I, think, I like, think you're forgetting one person on this list, the guy that you listed right after Mr. Miles. Oh, here. I forgot about Josh Giddy. Sorry, I didn't put his name first. Yeah, Josh Giddy. That's, that's no good. <laughs> Those anyway, two were the real bad guys. I interrupted Eric's monologue. Excuse me, Eric. No, I mean Miles Bridges. I don't really understand how he plays in the NBA, but I also had a, you know a conversation with several people last night that uh, didn't really understand how bad of a person Tyree Kill is, and uh, you know Tyree Kill still plays in the NFL. So I mean, it, you know, it, it, hey, listen, got, it, it, yeah. is it time to start talking about the Raptors as a team with a big competitive advantage because they never let all the actual criminals into their country to come play against their NBA team? Yeah, because it's five head, <laughs> beautiful stuff. Yeah, facts. The, the, the Toronto Raptors, man, they just got the built in advantage of being in Canada. Uh, Josh doing Kitty. the bare minimum, denying yep. somebody with an active <laughs> domestic abuse case for beating up his girlfriend in front of their kids from entering the country. The bar is so low. It's yeah, so low. Josh Giddy, yikes. Don't even want to talk about that. Feel like there was a slightly gray area and then more came out and there was not as much gray area. And it's uh it's, it's yeah. just get him off the team. Who, uh, like there there's like no like it's like nobody has said anything. Like the team, the NBA, like everyone just quieted down, yeah. And apparently no they knew info. about this for a while, the the team yeah. did, and they're like, let's just let the shit ride, it's fine. And it's so Oklahoma, it's like all, all the information we have is just like secondhand, like people on Twitter, like nothing officially confirmed, right? So he's it's so lucky that he lives like, in Oklahoma because they can just forget about it. Like yeah. if he was on, if he was like, on a real team, this would be he'd be so jover. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's been like probably a, almost a month since that broke, and like nothing's happened. So <laughs> yeah, uh, and then finally, uh, my guy Draymond Green. Uh, Anger management. Will he ever play basketball again? 
uh, slightly just a, a weird situation in general. Feels like he honestly just played in the wrong era of the NBA. Like, imagine <laughs> if he played in, like, the 80s when guys actually would, like, stand up for themselves and beat the shit back out of you. The problem with Draymond is there's no other Draymond in the league to, like, keep him in check. <laughs> so, like, he, the anti-Draymond. Yeah. So he's just, like, a terrorist. Like, there's no really other way to put it. Like, he, 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 he is just... Draymond Green is just a terrorist. Like, he goes out and he just randomly attacks Basketball terrorists. People. We got abusers. Like, you guys don't want to see the memes that they made about terrorists. Steve Kerr, man. Yeah, he's just, he, he's just a terrorist. There's no other That's way around awesome. it. He you just know, hates he, Europeans. That's so great. A, yeah, he's a terrorist in a way that, you know... My brother's cat is a terrorist. He bites my feet. He's annoying. He's like, he's, he's all over the place. He knocks shit off the counters. Like, like it's, he's just a, he's a bad cat. You know, he's the he's least xenophobic man from Michigan. He's the most he, tolerant he, Michigander. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's just, he's just him of all these guys that are bad guys. Any other thoughts on bad guys? We just talked about all the bad guys. Let me, so. let, let me just do, do a quick little Draymond monologue. I have to, I have to get my take off. Of okay. Course, now course, that we've had a few weeks, I can actually give my, my official Draymond green take right now. All right. I've had a lot of different things on Twitter and Audrey's gotten mad at me for some of them. Here's my official. <laughs> opinion. <laughs> okay. He is letting the team down by doing this, right? He, I'm perfectly okay with him being an enforcer and being like the tough guy and wanting to stand up for his teammates and protect them, right? I think there's a lot of times that people have gotten on him for doing things on the court that I think, honestly, you shouldn't care about. Like Eric was talking about, you know, 20 years ago, a lot of this would have been perfectly okay. I think people have gotten a little soft these days with what they deem to be crossing the line behavior, and some of the Draymond Green incidents really shouldn't have been blown out of proportion like they were. However, in this case, in this specific case, he clearly has crossed the line multiple times this season. The suspension is deserved. And he is letting the team down by not being out there. You can't be an enforcer if you're not on the court. Like, for as much as Warriors fans have been pissed about what Clay and Wiggins and everybody else has done on the court this season, their games regressing, whatever. Draymond getting himself kicked out of games and getting himself suspended pisses me off way more than any of that because it is something completely within his control that he should be able to figure out how to keep his emotions in check and be on the court for his teammates. Because at this point he's missed like almost half their games. The team has been struggling. They clearly need him. And because he is unable to keep his emotions in check, he's not there. So there's the Draymond Green opinion. Thank that you. is an incredibly balanced and good opinion that I agree with. And also if this was the nineties, they would have let him choke Rudy Gobert till he passed out. Yeah. Exactly. And make <laughs> the NBA great again. And Steve Kerr, uh, you know, again was was very adamant about Draymond needing to get help, and you know, really, really on his case. But people, uh, there's players also, in the NBA. Sorry, people, Eric. They're talking no. about how like they're, they're talking about it like he like they're giving him an intervention. Like like KD talking about I've never seen him like this. It's like when you're it's like when you're an alcoholic and everybody else around you knows it, but you can't quite figure it out. Like, it's crazy, like, how it seems to have crossed the line even with, like, all the other NBA players. But, but please continue. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I had a bit. It's ruined now. It's fine. Oh, sorry. It's fine. Womp womp. Yeah. I, I, quick shout out to Jordan Poole. I hope the Warriors give him a big ovation tonight when he comes back to Chase Center. I love that dude. Uh, sucks that Draymond can't be there to punch him. But um, <laughs> we, we love Jordan Poole. We stand him. I still miss him, even though his season has been crap so far. Uh, your contributions will never be forgotten, Jordan. 
So maybe the best tank commander to ever do it. Him and Kuzma are, oh, are possibly the best. That like like General Patton ain't got shit on them. It's sad, yeah, dude. He boy. was so good in that title run. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what happened. I hope he figures it out. There's honestly. no baddies on the core side like in DC. Guy. There's a distinct lack of baddies. Ah. Uh. Man. Apparently not. Maybe Kyle Kuzma will come to the Jazz and everything will be okay. But um, anyhow, all right, this was good. I appreciate both of you. I know Kyle Kuzma first... to be your savior is a new love. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know about all that. I think uh, I think this is the busiest time of year, and you guys showed up, so I really appreciate it. Thanks for Thank having you us. all for listening. We will see you next time, sometime in the new year. Until then, peace out.